Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello all, you're listening to Kuruni Air on 3CR 855 AM. I'm Frank and I'll be your host for today. So, before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Sovereignty was never ceded. So, today I'll be speaking to Emily Never, who you may remember uh, from a show that me and Iris did last year and it was quite good. Uh, so, yeah, Emily, how you doing? I'm doing quite well, thanks. Awesome. So, um, I know you're all looking forward to it because I certainly am. <laughs> it is currently the one year anniversary of the last time we had Emily on board. Exactly. It's that time of year again, October. Mm, definitely. The 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 month of the, the wolf. I say that because I completely <laughs> just made that up right now. No, I'm going with it. That's great. Let's yeah, claim yeah, it. Definitely. Month of the wolf. Yeah, so you, you're probably all familiar with this guest, but just in case, uh, she is an amazing artist who does all sorts of spooky and macabre art. Uh, she's a big believer of zine art and culture and is part of the zine collective Zine Gang Distro, which I am financially obligated to mention every 10 minutes on the show. So you've heard her before and aren't you lucky you get to hear her a second time. Please welcome back Emily Never to the show. Hey, Emily, how hey, you doing? and the crowd goes wild, fanfare. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. It's yeah. always a great time when we hook up on air. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said before, one year. I mean, that I year just went. You just went by. Um, it did. What happened? My yeah, God. like um, you know, I was uh, just um, just on that. S- oh no, wait. Um, <laughs> I think it was actually the very first show that I was behind the panel. Oh wow! So that was pretty cool. Well, what yeah. an honor that you dared trust me online for your inaugural show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You must have done something right. You're still on air, so. Mm. Yeah, so uh, Emily, um, yeah, you've t- you've told us all about this in the past, mm. but just in case uh, people are listening in now uh, for the first time, uh, tell us about the things you do. The things I do. What can I mention on air that's legal about the things that I do? <laughs> um, I am a bisexual Satanist. That's right. I'm everything that your parents warned you about if you listen to too much heavy metal or play Dungeons and Dragons all the time. And I'm living proof that you turn out pretty okay. I'd mm. like to think. Um, I'm a zine maker, as you said. That's definitely where my passion lies and an illustrator. And, I mean, my Instagram bio says that I'm a Hellraiser, but I'm a Taurus, so Hellraising would be if you wanted to binge watch Forensic Files and, you know, eat, then, yeah, that's definitely my kind of hell. Mm. (laughs) Nice. So we are currently well into October and what is traditional around this part of the month at least for artists, is a little thing called Inktober. Um, but you've run something called Gothtober. <laughs> so um, tell us about what that entails. Uh, Gothtober is my take on Inktober for people who aren't familiar. It's um, a hashtag, I suppose, on Instagram where for the month you are encouraged to do an illustration each day using ink. Um, and I've sort of appropriated it to goths so for each day of the month I draw a different goth and this is my third year although last year I did sort of deviate and did women in horror rather than just goths but I've come back to it again I think that's where my strength lies definitely 
during the old Robert Smith and Nick Caves. Mm, yeah, yeah, def- yeah, definitely. There's been some amazing stuff. I mean, I mean, obviously you're <laughs> killing it as as per usual, but um, yeah, there's been some um, there's been some really awesome um, uh, like art pieces being su- submitted, like because you've shared a whole whole bunch of them, and I follow a lot of artists that um, that um, that that post them. So um, uh, do you have like any cool examples you, you want to mention? Well, this year has been particularly great because a lot more people have been getting involved with the hashtag because it started out, it was just me doing it for fun. And um, this year I'm very grateful that there's two people that have been contributing pretty regularly. One of them is, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to their Instagram handles, is Iggy underscore A underscore S. Uh, yes, you might be familiar with them. Yeah, Iggy is my, my partner and we've had them on the show before. Yes, they're fantastic. And just to see their interpretations of uh, my prompts alongside mine, is just wonderful. And the other person is Sophie V Tattoos. <laughs> Have you seen any of theirs under the Never Goftober tag? Um, if... I think if I if I had yep. I think if, if you had shown me them sure. now, like I would be able to point it out. Ugh. But um, the name doesn't immediately ring any bells. No, but I would strongly recommend people follow those two if mm-hmm. you're not already, because their work is just phenomenal and they've taken it in a very different approach to what I've done. So it's just great seeing this diversity. It's mm. yeah, celebration of the goths. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess, um, what are your inspirations and how do, how do these inspirations guide you? Oh, my inspirations, where to begin? Well, I'm pretty grateful that we live in an age where we have, uh, Instagram, which is kind of a blessing and a curse, but it means that I have more access to a lot of different artists that I wouldn't have been able to discover ordinarily. Um, yeah, like local and international Mm. ones, particularly through hashtags like this, like people doing Mm community drawing challenges it sort of exposes you to a new range of artists and I like to promote them on my um, Instagram stories when I can because I think that's important to sort of support artists that you like Mm. I was just thinking to myself the other day about the first time I became aware of you as an artist was when I went into polyester books I think it would have been like oh wow yeah throwback but um 2002 and I was trying to remember what the earliest scene of yours I picked up. I don't know okay. if it was Thicker Than Water or Bud and Lou. Yeah. that I Maybe think even I, earlier than that. I think I, yeah, I think I released those around, yeah, 2012 now that I think about it. Yeah. Because that was, um, polyester was before the dawn of Inst- Instagram and in the internet, mm. really. So that was sort of the means to find artists was you went into this kooky little store for people who aren't familiar. It's this, it was this great independent bookstore in Fitzroy and it had this back shelf purely dedicated to zines. And my father took me there. I don't know how he discovered polyester. I don't really want to know, <laughs> but um, it was great. It was great on his part that he took me there because it was the first time that I was exposed to zines and realized the potential, the fact that anybody could publish anything they were passionate about. It just, just blew my mind. So yeah, I guess people who are independently doing stuff and are passionate and are not waiting for, you know, um, publishers to pick them up like they're doing their own thing like the DIY culture that mm. that's what excites me yeah yeah it's 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 amazing you mentioned uh polyester because I used to go there like literally yeah all the time because um, yeah it was it was such a cool store they had um like so like so many countless like um like like counterculture stuff and mm-hmm. um 
and other things. Um, uh, my 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 proudest um purchase <laughs> there was um, of all <laughs> of all things, um, a copy of the movie uh, the hit nineteen ninety six movie Multiplicity with Michael <sighs> Keaton and Andy McDowell. Oh my god! And I'm thinking of all you know. It's like it's a big budget Hollywood movie <laughs> in the counterculture store. But it was released. I think it was released by um, Umbrella Entertainment, which are fairly independent and usually do a lot of like horror and like you know uh, what's what's the word uh, like powder uh, or like lowbrow. Or... Yeah, some something along those. Yeah. Maybe exploitation. Who, yeah. who knows? Um, the good stuff. Yeah, and I remember just seeing it there, and it was like, what's this doing here? But in a way, I mean, it, it's... But it's that was ca- polyester. You didn't know what yeah. you were going to get when you went in there. It was just an education of, like, culture in your face. Mm. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I, compl- I really miss it. Um, I do wish it was still around, um, <sighs> but, you know. Yeah, c'est la vie. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was my um, exposure to a lot of artists be- that I couldn't find readily on the internet. So picking up your zines and then getting to meet you at um, Festival of the Photocopier afterwards oh, yeah. was just like, you know, you you have an example of somebody's work and then you get to meet the person behind it. And mm. the community we have here being part of Zine mm. Gang Distro in particular. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's been it's been growing quite quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's sort of like with anything else. There are sort of like sort of points where there's like a whole bunch of people making stuff, and sort of like the the lower points where it seems like not a huge amount is happening. But it's like it's like anything else, really. You know, but the people are still there. Yeah, I mean, with zines, it's kind of like putting a message in a bottle. Like you release it, and you never really know the impact it has on somebody else necessarily Mm. like yeah yeah it just sort of goes out in the world and you yeah you don't know how people interpret it but that's sort of the cool thing about it I mean what I've learned about doing gothtober for instance is (laughs) some of the people I've picked for my illustrations I talk a lot of smack about and I've learnt my lesson that if you post it online, they can and will read it. So, for instance, with um, Voltaire, uh, I think he was oh, like, yeah, I saw this. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like number five. I'm so used to just operating in my tiny little niche bubble that <laughs> the fact that it has immediate consequences for my actions. Hmm. What are you talking about? So yeah, I was I was running my mouth about Voltaire being a tryhard, and he rightfully put me in my place a bit about you know not being a tryhard. So mm. um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, that's that's happened to to me before. Like I've had a few like comic writers, like you know from Marvel and DC, sort of message. What? That's how you know you saying. made it. <laughs> yeah, um, sometimes it's been nice. Uh, other times it's just been like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't like the comic, but thanks for reading. Although I don't know, it's, it always comes off as a bit passive aggressive to me, and I'm like. Yeah, I know. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough being confronted with your work by people that um, if they're not if they're not loving it and having a glowing review about it, it's like I don't want to know. Don't tell me. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Well, you know, I, I can I can understand that sentiment. Um, you know, in a way, I think it's it's sort of a, a good thing. It means that we're not. It's it's you know when you make art, sometimes especially with zines, it sometimes feels like you know. You're just in your own little bubble, for, you know, for better or, or worse. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's <laughs> that sort of thing yeah. does make you, it does remind you that, you know, it, it, it is, <laughs> people are <laughs> listening and reading. Which is great. Like mm. negative or positive, the fact that it has any kind of reaction is still it's good at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, um, if you've been listening in with the, uh, the cramp song that I've played, you will probably guess that, uh, Emily is quite into the, the horror stuff, um, because I literally just mentioned it, uh, fifth, uh 10 minutes ago. Um, what? so yeah, I know, right? Hmm. Uh, next thing you know, I, you know, I'll be liking HSPs. Anyway. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to work that into the program. Yeah. I actually don't work it into it that much. I, uh-huh. in fact, I think this might be in the first time I mentioned it. Wow. So, I'm shocked. Yeah, I've been here for a year and a bit, and I st- that was the first time I mentioned it. Um, but anyway, um, it's I guess it's fair to say that the horror thing has uh, played a big part in your life. Like, where did that first uh, start? Um, I'm going to start with a quote that I got wrong last year, and I'm going to get it right this year. So mm-hmm. it's from Guillermo del Toro, and he says, Since childhood, I've been faithful to monsters. I've shared and absolved by them because monsters are the patron saints of our blissful imperfections. Mm. Isn't that just beautiful? That is, it is very good. He sums it up so well. So Mm. for me, my love of horror started when I was quite young and my sister worked in a video store, like VHS as we're talking about, and she would quite regularly bring me home videos to watch. And Mm. I think the earliest one I can remember watching was probably Nightmare Before Christmas, which like yeah. did a number on me. I think I was about six years old at the time, oh, so wow. maybe maybe not quite age appropriate, but I, I was just thrilled. Like the mm. adrenaline of it, the rush of it, it was something that I've been chasing ever since. Like I sound like an addict, but that's definitely the way I feel about horror is it's kind of its ability to make you feel something and also portray um humans imperfections in a way that can be like celebrated and it can be horrified i can't think of any other genre that allows women or non-binary people or people that don't subscribe to heteronormative ideals to be powerful and have a voice it's just yeah horror horror is it for me Mm, yeah yeah i i I completely agree with you that. Get I it. Do, yeah, yeah, I most certainly do. Yeah, it's um, it's something that I do promote quite a lot on um, on this show. Like, I mean, promoting like zine and and like uh, and queer comic artists, but also just you know, just um, the idea of like horror being a um, you know, being 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 something you can use to sort of explore like feeling out of place in in society now and whatnot. And yeah. I, you know, I do think that's um, I do think that's very important. Honestly, I do kind of wish it was, um, I do, I kind of wish we got more, kind of wish we had better <laughs> examples yeah. of that in, in horror media. Unfortunately, um, queer people in horror have not been treated <laughs> the best. I feel like the dialogue is changing though, mm. as more of us, um, age into like being able to be in the writer and director roles now. We're no longer just the ones on the other side consuming it. We also get the chance to, uh, write the media, which I think is fantastic. I can't wait to see what happens to horror in the next 10 years. I think it's going to go places. I know for me when I was a closeted bisexual and I felt like I had this feeling of um, otherness and being different and not quite being able to define what it was, being able to watch something like Frankenstein and mm. seeing that monster's uh, just wanting to belong and be accepted even though society was against him them it was yeah it it felt like I was being seen like it felt Mm. like I was being recognized so it's powerful 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, like I have no interest in Frankenstein whatsoever. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not. Um, <laughs> okay, Franken comics. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I I can I completely completely agree with that. Um, actually, I just wanted to sort of mention um a film that I saw um, uh, on Friday at um, Monster oh, Fest. Oh yeah. Yeah, ready, ready or not. Um, because it's 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 really interesting. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but it's sort of like a um, it's basically about a, a, this uh, what's her name's Grace, uh, played by um, I think her name's Samira Weaving. She's the niece of Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, she marries this like uh, this this dude from a really rich um, aristocratic family. It's kind of got that whole clue, um, like um, clue uh, setting setting to it. Um, but basically, it's tradition of, of them to play a game, and they choose um, hide and seek. Hide and seek. So basically, Grace has to um, go in the mansion, and they and the family has to find her. But if you know anything about this kind <laughs> of movie, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's hide and seek and murder. So yeah, it's um, murder. It's quite it's quite funny. Um, but I kind of I it, it kind of does sort of play into sort of like like you know these like you know these like aristocratic traditions and sort of like fighting ag- against them and yeah. and whatnot. Um, it's not like it's not very um blatant, but I do think it's it's there and um it's it's very funny. And um, yeah, I I do think it's it's worth checking out. Yeah, good, good to mm. know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the name the name Everly Never <laughs> because um it's hard to say on air, but um it's actually spelled N free, <laughs> V free, R. Um. Where where did that come from? Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> it came from several things. First of all, my real human mortal name is being traded under by a somewhat uh, famous musician. They have, Mm. yeah, so my name is a pretty generic white girl name. So I wanted to differentiate myself a little bit. And I was inspired by the Cure's song Charlotte Sometimes and decided to make it Emily Never, just as a nod to my pessimism. Mm. And I wanted to incorporate the numeral three because I was always irritated by (laughs) Nick 13, who is the front man of Tiger Army. Please don't at me, Nick 13, if you're listening to this. (laughs) But um, I was just always fascinated by the fact that somebody could have numerals as their last name and just, yeah, took it on as my own, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, another perfect example is um, Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. Yes. With the double X's, triple X's. I think it's the, the two X. Yeah, I mean, don't let me get that wrong. That's uh, probably um, someone else probably has that name. He works in a completely different industry. But anyway, um, <laughs> Nikki wishes. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, it's interesting um, with with that name. He actually he actually took it from someone else because uh, he wanted to name himself Nikki Nine, but he thought that was a bit too punk rock, and it was sort of the early eighties, and punk rock was starting to die out. So he just stole the name, and apparently, uh. yeah, he got into this. I think he, he was tuning into the TV and he saw, like, the actual Nikki Six like, raving about how he'd stolen the name <laughs> and whatnot. So, oh, yeah. Oh, what is in a name? A plagiarist would still smell as sweet by any other. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I do I do like the name Emily Never. Like, it, sound, it, does sound very, it does sound very punky, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah, I want a name that, like, when people say it, they sort of get what my image is already. So it mm. does half the work for me. 
Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen that. Um, like you, re- um, don't know how long ago it was, uh, but you did a Mass Effect zine with oh another God. artist, yeah. uh, Tom Nguyen. Yeah. Um, are you doing any other like interesting collaborations? Oh, um, well, with Tom again, there's the Witcher zine, which is coming up. Oh, yeah, that looks grouse. Yeah, oh my goodness, grouse, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like my contribution should come with a public apology to everyone because I'm doing a very blatant just Henry Cavill pin-up <laughs> page because when, when Tom put the call out, I immediately had the image in my mind of what I was going to do and I wanted to be as lazy as possible and just do one page because I've overcommitted myself to so many projects at the moment. But it's going to be great with or without my contribution. Probably without my contribution would be better. But anyway, they're going to get it. So I think they're aiming to release that for um, Sticky's Festival of the Photocopier. Oh, okay, yeah. Unless, no, maybe they're going to do Indie Comic Con. Mm. which will be the 21st of December. Northcote Town Hall, which will yep. have me, you, and Frank there. Mm-hmm. Be there. Be there. Or be, be square. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. I can't, I can't wait to pick it up. I'm sure it'll be awesome. <laughs> I know everybody else is putting a lot more effort into it than I am. It's going to be comic panels and the risograph printing that Tom's organizing looks really good, mm. as always. Awesome. Their, their quality of stuff is just, yeah. Yeah, no, that that always looks great. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so going back to the uh, the horror stuff and um, sort of like you're mentioning before about how um, how it, how you can how you sort of relate to it. Um, so in regards um, with you, um, how do I word this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. Yeah. Um, so, um, in regards to you being, as you mentioned before, a bisexual Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Card-carrying Satanist, yes. Mm, cool. Um, how does, how is this, uh, connected to the, to the horror stuff? Like, can you elaborate a bit more on what we were talking about before? Uh, yeah, sure. Of course. I'd be delighted to talk more about myself. Um, <laughs> it's mostly about just making content that I wish to see, um, and by, by, ha <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> By being out there, I hope that I am making it easier for other people to be their authentic selves as well, just by being unapologetically myself and really celebrating that and embracing it. Um, and, yeah, I think horror allows us to talk about things that are difficult to confront and it's uh, tragedy and comedy and all of those complicated things packaged into, like, a neat 90-minute movie or zine or whatever it is that helps us to really um gives us the blueprints of navigating our own traumas sometimes mm-hmm. yeah 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 d- yeah definitely um like in, in particular with 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 me um like you know when life sort of gets a bit too hard um for me like um horror horror and like heavy metal and yeah. like all those kind of things sort of sort of help me get help me get through it a bit. Um, I'm assuming that's that's the same same with you. Absolutely. I mean, you put on a Slayer record, you put yeah, on yeah. Danzig, you put on Metallica. It mm. just really transports you away from just you know being in the miasma of your mm. own self hatred. Sometimes just being able to to have an outlet and vent is just so important. I think Pete Steele said something about that effect about how important it was for him because he suffered with depression, just mm. being able to make the music that he did was um, empowering and gave him an outlet. So. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, um, you so, I mean, you just, especially with, with metal, you just sort of hear the backstories of a lot of metal musicians and a lot of it is, you know, quite sad, their background. So it does make you realise that for yeah. a lot of them, this is um, definitely an, an outlet of sort. Um, I mean, speaking of speaking of rocking bands, um, I, you know, <laughs> I have been known to partake in Bay City Rollers. Every you? Now and then. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Their cover of "I Only Want to Be with You" just bangs. Uh, um, yeah. I'm not being sarcastic either. I'm being no, no. I can, I'm, can vouch for that. You are very sincere about your music. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this because my mum might be listening. And <laughs> I was going <laughs> to throw in a <laughs> band that she might recognise. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still like them quite a bit. Um, sorry, I was watching Countdown, old Countdown episodes a few weeks ago. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, cool. So, um, I guess, like, in, in regards to the, the art that you make, because um, you definitely post quite a lot of it on your Instagram. Um, I sure do. Is there, like, a particular piece that you're proud of? Oh, wow. Um, I don't think I have. I Yeah, I couldn't say that there is one particular piece that I'm proud of over anything else that I've produced so far. Like, I'm always hungry for it. I'm always wanting to create mm. something that I feel is my legacy, but I also never want to really achieve that. It's kind of like my white whale. Mm. Like, it's the carrot that I can never reach. It's the thing that keeps me going. Like, I very flippantly yeah. at the beginning of this year had an interview um, where they asked me why I make scenes and... I can't remember what my response was, but I remember I said that my aim was to make the most scenes anyone has ever made, a very lofty claim. Mm. And so far I have, I feel like I've been able to achieve that because I've been yeah. producing one mini zine a month. For my... Wow, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, coming from you, you're a powerhouse, <laughs> oh my God. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's that's awesome. Um, Yeah, like that whole like... um. That, that hunger, being hungry like mm -hmm. the wolf, as a wise man once said. Um, <laughs> uh, ancient Duran Duran. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can relate to that too. I think, I think all artists can to a certain extent because mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's what keeps us going. I think it's something that just sort of needs to be managed fairly well because, you know, it can get the better of you and it can really send you into yes. a pit of despair. Yes, it's a savage beast. It's a difficult mistress, you know. It's, at best of times, it's it's great and the worst of times, it's the worst. So yeah, yeah. Like, oh, gosh. Tell me about it. Uh, I remember going to art school and them telling me it was going to be such a glamorous life. No, I'm kidding. Mm. No, no artist agrees to be an artist thinking that they're going to be some big rock star. At mm. least I don't think so but it's um yeah it's all worth it at the, i mean what's the alternative we go into banking oh, and we God. become lawyers <laughs> i know oh lord yeah yeah no i i, I hear you there <laughs> um in particular like i was actually at um a studio pink ember this morning to drop ah. off some of my zines there and i saw a few of your badges there <laughs> i i really love the, the badges particularly one um which you might have might have seen if you're listening uh it's the zines uh, zines ones yes. um yeah how did, how did the the badges come about because it's they're really they're really well made like thank you yeah. um i guess because i am a sellout and i wanted money no <laughs> um i just felt like I am at a position in my career now where I can be producing like higher quality stuff and mm. just seeing someone in the wild wearing my pin is such a rush. Like mm. it's all about my ego and me. Yeah. But um 
I just because you and I are both passionate about zines and the zine mm. community, I felt like we needed a badge of honor, quite literally. Yeah, so yeah. that's how I came up with the zines pin, which I'm gonna have to reissue because I've only got ten left. Hint, hint. <clears throat> um, so if you want one, now's the time. But yeah, they mm. are limited. Buy one. Very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Shameless plug. Please buy one. Yes, please. I need money. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so um, I'm going to answer. I'm going to segue into the next question by um, doing a song pun. I'm just trying to think of a certain song. So just bear with me, listeners. Okay. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't, I'll just um I'll You're just, on the spot. I'll, just, I'll just say it. Um this next question has a bit bit of a twist of cane to it. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> I could have done that so much better. Oh, I don't mind the pain, but that was oh, painful. Dear. <laughs> oh mother. Anyway. <laughs> um let's talk about Danzig. There's no reason. God. We just need to talk about it. Okay. Him. All right. Well, if you insist. Mm. <laughs> Ugh, I hate to. But um yeah, good old good old Danzig. Bane of my existence, light of my life. <laughs> Such a complicated relationship with that man. Mm. Somebody, I'm so glad he doesn't have social media sometimes because the stuff he says. Yeah. But um, he's recently released Verotica, which mm. is his feature-length movie. Well, he was describing it as a trilogy. So he was playing homage to older horror movies that would do sort of like the, what would you call it? It's like sequels like mini horror movies inside a, a big horror movie like not grindhouse but like something to that like if effect. someone's like if someone's watching a film within the film yeah that, like that there's like mean? there's like three separate stories within one feature length movie so it's oh, like, like an anthology that's like, the like mario baba's black sabbath <laughs> yes yeah very like that yeah no he mm-hmm. i think he referenced black sabbath as that yeah his main influence um so yes i i've seen look i I can't claim that I've watched it because it's not legal to view it in Australia. But if I had theoretically seen it through illegal means, I would say that it was um, it didn't make a great deal of sense. Mm. If you read his very violent, very erotic comics, it's just essentially like that. It's all very visually thrilling, but the content is not quite there. However, saying that, I am considering maybe getting in contact with, like, Melbourne Horror Society or mm. one of the independent film houses and seeing if we can get a screening here. That would be cool, yeah. I don't know if I want to be known as that person who organised <laughs> Danzig's Verotic to come to Melbourne, <laughs> though. I don't know if the audience really needs to. Reach out to me. If you are yeah. interested in watching Danzig's Verotica, please DM me on Instagram and I will... You might you might want to get into contact with Monster Fest if you haven't yeah. done so already because they I think they'd be interested in it. They could do like an eleven thirty screening or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. Um, haven't they already? Don't they organise their sort of show times ahead? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe um, next I, year. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I, yeah Monster Fest this year has been done, but yeah. it's something to consider. I'm next sure there's year. yeah, I'm sure there, there's, there's people. Are, yeah, there's other things that yeah. can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand the the complicated relationship with musicians i have the same with um the three original members of metallica (laughs) oh the three original members yeah right. yeah well Well, technically it's two original (laughs) members because kirk hammett oh wow we're gonna split hairs about it but anyway did you have tickets to see their show i did indeed oh i'm so sorry that's all right um have they reissued you with a refund i 
don't know. My mum got them for me as a birthday present, oh. so I think she's got the refund. She said she's going to send it to me. I mean, look, it's it's understandable that these things happen. I like, just, I mean, come yeah. on, James Hatfield. Like, you know, it's great that he's looking after himself by checking into rehab, but he's, at this point in his career, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And apparently they've announced European shows ahead of reorganising the Australian shows. Yeah, I um, a bit of a blow. took a look at the Facebook comments and no Yee. one's particularly Yikes. happy. Like, um, you know, they're, they're all respectful of James at the same time. It's like, yeah. you know, and they sort of, you know, they probably could have waited a bit before announcing that. But, but anyway. Yeah, well... Yep. yep. Metallica. <laughs> Metallica. Yeah. So, yes, you understand yeah. complicated relationships with musicians. Ba- yeah. Basically, the only, like, the, like, you know, the only people who really don't like Metallica are Metallica fans. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of like Star Wars fans, honestly. Exactly. Because only we know and only we have suffered so yeah. greatly at the hands of Metallica. Yeah. In it for the long haul. We have mm. 60 different t shirts and, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, oh, and, uh, yeah, we should probably mention Peter Steele. I mean, no yes, reason please. I just felt yeah. the need to mention no, him. No, let's do it. Let's let's talk about that beautiful soul. Oh, what a man. Mm. I just, uh, um, which coincidentally will be my next month's issue will be typo negative for my Patreon mini-zine. Oh, awesome. So if you're not already subscribed, this is the best time to jump in because it will be Rizzo printed by Glom using a really hot green because mm. I need that specific typo negative green. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, I'm going to be exploring my feelings about Pete Steele, who's just, it was he was larger than life, and mm. next year marks exactly 10 years since his passing, which oh, sounds wow. insane to me. 10 Gosh. years. Um, yeah, I had the fortune of knowing some of his friends when I went to uh, my writing and publishing course at uh, Melbourne Polytechnic, my favourite lecturer, Robin Dorian was a music journalist and she was good friends with Pete Steele mm. in the now out of print book Soul on Fire, which is the unauthorized biography. There's a picture of her sitting on his knee feeding him hedgehog food. Like that was just the kind of man he was. He was just, he didn't take himself seriously. Yeah. He was such a sweet, like, yeah, generous person mm. who really understood like self deprecation and like, yeah, dark places. Yeah, I saw, I think I saw on YouTube one of the last interviews he did, and it's oh, pretty boy. heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, said he was sort of talking about how grateful he was to the, to the fans, which was really, which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you won't meet a nicer bunch of people than typo negative fans because they just, they get it. And mm. they're just, yeah. Um, if you watch his Jerry Springer interviews, that's a particular <laughs> highlight of mine on YouTube. What a lad. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, um, I, I love the cover of um, Summer Breeze. Yes. Like, yeah, it, I think, like, it's just so heavy and it just, it's... Oh, I know. Wow. His vocal range. Mm. I, I finished all of my Gothtober illustrations ahead of time, except Pete. Like, his was the hardest to capture for me because I guess I'm so emotionally invested that no matter how much I try to draw him, it never looks like the correct likeness to me. Mm. So, haha, I'm going to try and do a mini zine about it. So watch me suffer some more while I try and draw his handsome face. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you've, uh, you've got a, you've got a patron. So if people sub- subscribe to it, they can get some amazing rewards. So how can people go about doing this? Well, they can go about doing this by going to patreon.com slash Emily Never. It's one word. Um, and, 
I charge only $4 once a month. Um, and in that $4, that's covering like printage, postage, and I think Patreon takes $1 of that. But each month I do an exclusive uh, full-color mini zine exploring one of my passions. Mm-hmm. One of my proudest ones, I think, was the cramps one I did last month, which cool. Ashley Ronning printed for me at Helio Press. Oh, nice. It was this beautiful hot pink. So if anyone has those, those are like, I only did a run of about 20 and I'm not selling them anywhere else except through Patreon. Mm. And then I package them all up in exclusive little envelopes and handwrite each address and use like wax seals and throw in stickers and freebies all the time. And it's just, I'm so grateful that these people are paying me to do something that I would Mm. do ordinarily and I love so much. Can I give them a quick shout out? Yeah, of course you can. I'm going to shout out Phoebe, Kate, Mel, Jess, Marita, and my father, Dr. Ray, Emily, not me, another Emily, I swear, (laughs) my girl, Helena Black, Maddie, Sean, Iggy, David, Daniel, Brandy, Thomas, Holly, my sister, Adrienne, and Pia, and Marcella, and that's it. All awesome. 19. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So um, finally, just to wrap this up, uh, where can we get your stuff, whether it's online or mm-hmm. offline, uh, down the line, up the line? <laughs> and not a wink in my oversized trench coat. Yeah. Um, you can get it through my Etsy store. My link is through my Instagram, um, Emily Never. You can also get it at Pink Ember Studios and Sticky Institute. Awesome. And, yeah, uh, yeah P- uh, Pink Ember Studios in particular is a great place, so definitely pick them up there because they definitely need the support. Need the support. Yeah, they're yeah. a wonderful community there. They, I think they're celebrating their one-year anniversary. Mm, they are indeed. Coming up, that went real quick. But, yeah, mm-hmm. just a great team of people. Hmm. Definitely. We've got a few events to promote, um, but we'll start off, uh, Emily, uh, do you have any? I do. I have a few, but most importantly, I'm going to promote Planet Before Profit. It's a group show. Uh, All proceeds will go to the Bob Brown organisation and it features over 26 amazing artists. So it's a great time to get some really cool, exclusive new art and also support the environment. It's going to be happening on the 26th of November at 6pm at Workshop Bar. Awesome. Cool. So, I've got a few to promote. The first is Hello Zine, what, which, what? Yeah, which is an open entry group zine launch uh, that's going to be happening at on uh, Saturday, uh, the 26th of October at 1 to 4 p.m. at the Sticky Institute, which I've mentioned quite a few times, <laughs> so you probably know where, where it is. Um, so, there's going to be a whole bunch of Hello... hello uh, Halloweenies, zinies, as they they put on the Facebook page. Um, But basically, what's great is that if you have a zine, you can actually you can actually make it there. So you know, all you have to do is make a zine. You come to launch with some copies, and you can stock them at Sticky. Um, Make sure you bring the Sticky stock sheet, and yeah, you can you can join in and all the fun. So um, uh, our good friend Ive Sora Cook, I I apologize if I'm mispronouncing (laughs) that Ive. um, is going to be posting around social media with the hashtag HelloZine hashtag. <laughs> or you could email HelloZine at gmail.com and uh, they'll send you some updates from there. So it's going to it's gonna be a fun time. It's going to be quite spoopy. It's going to go off. It is definitely going to go off. Uh, do you have a zine there, Emily? I, well, I do, yes. I will have my Gostober hopefully uh, done and dusted by then and printed and published ready to go. 
Awesome. Cool. Um, wish I had one. I'm currently working on a comic. It's not going to get done in time for oh, a while. Oh, come on. You only uh, need three minutes. <laughs> it's 20 pages. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. It's fine. You do it in oh, sleep. Maybe when I was in my 20s. Oh, um, yeah, that'll be ready in time for Indie Comic Con, which is another event. Saturday, the 21st of December, Northcote Town Hall. Be there or be rectangle or whatever shape you want, <laughs> but just be there. No judgment, but be there. Cool. So we've got one more event to promote before wrapping this up, and it's the Spooky Craft Night on Halloween um, at 7pm to 9pm. This is an event by a artist called Creepy Cheese Illustrations. They're going to be performing a... They're going to be... Ha- they're performing... They're going to be undoing a two-hour craft workshop where you'll get a chance to make all sorts of Halloween-themed creations. You can create origami bats, hanging ghost lanterns, carved pumpkins, put together voodoo doll plushies, or try other kinds of simple DIY crafts with the help of Steph, uh, who is... is Creepy cheese. So there is a, you need to get a ticket that'll cost about $20. If you look that up on Facebook, you can get it there. I think you should probably book ahead. So just email creepycheeseillustrations at gmail.com. Their Instagram is at the creepycheese.com, uh, at the, cre- the creepy cheese. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> so that's just, that's at the Pink Ember Studio at 40 Ohias. Hey. <laughs> O'Hare Street. Good night, everybody. Forty A O'Hare Street, Coburg, Victoria. I was just there before. It's a great place. So yeah, definitely something to go along to. Uh, so sadly, we have come to the end of another show. Do we have to? Unfortunately, we do. Uh, so you can find previous episodes of Crew in the Air on the FreeCR website. That is freecr.org.au. And like and follow us on Facebook for more updates. And while you're at it, do subscribe to FreeCR. You can come into the studio during office hours. You can do it by post, by phone, or online at the FreeCR website. It's $35 concession and $75 wage. So do yourself a favour and support community radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.